0: Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. It's one thing to produce stunning anterior restorative work, but it's another thing entirely to display its beauty through photography. Now, photography is one of the most powerful tools a dentist can have. It's used as a patient communication tool. It's used in our diagnostic process, in our treatment planning process, in lab communication, in marketing, in educating other patients, and even more than that. Dr. Karim Habib is one of the most talented cosmetic dentists in Australia. And pretty early in his career, he recognized the impact that photography could have if he mastered this skill. So in the last few years, he educated himself, and today he shares with us his top tips in how he uses dental photography in the realm of aesthetic dentistry. He starts by sharing with us how on his Instagram page he gets those perfect before and after shots. They're all on a slightly um, tilted angle, so beautiful and natural. And I always wondered, how does he get these before and after photos and the smile and everything matching so perfectly?
1: Just take take as many shots as you can. Um, That's usually what I'll do. I'll I'll take a set of before photos, after photos, heaps of after photos and then you'll go through them because some of them the lighting might be slightly different or the patient's smiling in a particular way or they're just about to say something and you've caught it with their mouth half open. Um, So yeah, we do take a lot of photos and then you pick the ones that are closest to the the before and after so you can see the, the transformation.
0: And let's say you're taking some after photos. Do you typically do this at the same appointment as when these, um, let's say you did direct um, composite resin veneers. Do you take the after photos at the same appointment or do you bring the patient back?
1: I'll take them on both. I'll take them directly after the appointment. And when they come in for the review, we'll take another set. Usually they'll look nicer a couple of weeks after when you know, they've, yeah, they've just been in the chair with their mouth open for several hours. The gums might be bleeding a little bit. So the photos will always look nicer when they come in for the review. But sometimes, I'll, I mean, I'll always take the photos as soon as we're done as well.
0: What do you do to get these photos um, really similar?
1: Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, the, it's the consistency. So you're doing the same thing every day with every patient the photos will be similar. So so you'll be standing approximately the same distance away from the patient. Your settings are already set up on the camera. Um, If you have other staff members that are taking photos, then they're also trained on how to take these photos and what settings to do for different types of photos, et cetera. So then um, it's just a matter of taking a lot of photos and then there there will be photos in there, obviously that, that, that that you can use. Um, that are you know similar so we're talking about the before and after photos being
0: similar yeah I mean I always if I have some before photos in mind that I want to match the after photo to I always try and put the blow the before photo up on the screen and if they're smiling in a certain way if they're displaying a little bit of their lower anteriors I want that exact same shot and sometimes it you know you have to practice a lot of patience trying to get that exact smile right
1: And you're telling them, I when, when you're smiling, it's not that I wanna see, it's not that you're trying to show me your teeth. That's okay. We're gonna we're gonna see the teeth with the retractors. Just smile, just smile. And I tell them one tip you can tell them is to is to squint and actually get your cheeks to go up. Mm-hmm. So even if their face isn't in the photo, that's how you get that genuine smile. Because a lot of the times you tell them to smile. And they're doing like this grimace to show you their teeth. Oh,
0: I know, and you that's like not, too.
1: <laughs> and, then that, and that's not what we're after. We want we want that genuine smile. And usually, you'll find that genuine smile comes out after you've finished. Sometimes, when they first come in for the consultation, they're doing that other smile, and it's a bit difficult to get them to smile genuinely. But you got to try. You'll find it in there. Usually, when, when you're when you're talking, uh, when they smile, you're like that's it, that's the smile I want you to smile.
0: And um, if anybody wants to DM me some of their secret little tips on how they get their patient to, to laugh, like a little one or two-word joke yeah. word they can say, <laughs> tell me because uh, the one I'm using right now is is ridiculous and um but it what it, it, work, it works. Oh I can't tell you on this podcast. Um it's, well, it's sure MA15 plus uh, yes and I have to also confess I have not taken I've never taken a single one of those photos. I am a big believer in training the auxiliary staff to do them because I guess I'm the one kind of directing the shot from the outside, looking at the before photo, but those, the actual camera work is done by the very talented um, assistants, mostly because I'm lazy and I don't want to de-glove and and do all of that, but everybody does it a little bit differently and maybe I should be a little less lazy because your your photos are incredible, but... um, (laughs) I think okay. it's, you can train consistency. I don't think we're speci- too so special as dentists that only we can do it.
1: Oh, um, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, this is something that definitely can be can be learned and, and can be taught. So, um, like I said, I work, I work with Haley Newman, who's a, an oral health therapist uh, at the practice, and we both will see all the patients, and she's also trained in how to take these photos. So we've been working for, together for so long now that. I might not rig really recognize who's taking those photos. Like it, it could be Haley, and I might have thought that it was me taking the photos. So as long as we get that consistency built in, um, it really doesn't matter. It's just whoever's available on the day. Usually as soon as I'm done the procedure, I'll take the after photo because I'm there. And if I'm seeing them for the review, I'll take the after photo again. Sometimes she'll take the
0: pre one. Yep, yeah, and, and I, I wonder if you agree with this, but getting that consistency and refining the quality in, of, of those images comes down to literally sitting together at the computer and image by image um, critiquing the shot. You know, this one could have had a bit more focus here. This one, the um, vertical approach of the photo could have been higher or lower, whatever. So you do that enough times, the two of you are thinking exactly the same. That's how I do it anyway. How do you do it?
1: Well, you're absolutely right. So I think the two things you want to get right is how far you are from the subject and you want to be as parallel as possible to the occlusal plane. If you can get those two, you know, fixed, then most of the photos are going to be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, you're all the master of that. So, and yeah, and I guess taking a million shots, plenty of shots so that you've got a few good ones to pick from. That's right. All right. Now, secret um, time to give up all your secrets. Let's talk about your photography setup for or your photography sequence. Um, and in a moment we're gonna talk about your um settings and everything and, and your flash and your configuration. I know you're gonna say again that look, it's nothing special, but we 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 have to know how it is that you do it, because it's just incredible. Um, let's start with the, the, the photography sequence. Um, you've got a new patient. What do your what do your set of before photos look like?
1: The before photos will be a um, photo of them smiling, and I'll take one from the front, and I'll take one from an angle on both sides, so left and right. Try and take a face shot when they're smiling as well and then i'll take retracted shots so occlusal when they're biting down one from the front one from the left one from the right and i will always take a retracted shot as well with a contrast so if i'm working if i if we plan to work on the upper teeth i'll take a contrasted shot at the top um likewise for the bottom so that is the sequence now that also came when i started doing orthodontic so I, first, I actually first got the camera when I started doing orthodontics and braces and Invisalign to take records for the patient. So so I was taking a lot of photos for, uh, for patient records. As I started doing more aesthetic cases and realizing that I should have taken photos of that case when I finished it, Like we should have the before photo. That's the worst. Because uh, then that's something you can show the next patient. And then and then that's when it hit me that you need to start taking photos of everything. When I when I actually understood the you know the benefits of uh, of dental photography and, and what it can do to your practice.
0: Just a little tangent on that before we get into mm. the um camera setup and the settings. What I mean, I know you've got a passion for photography. You said to me, you know, not long ago, photography has just completely changed my practice. It is used in so many ways. What are some of the ways that you use photography as a dentist? So
1: photography is not only changed by practice. Photography is probably the most important instrument that I own in the practice, that camera. Um, you use it for everything. Like you're using it for diagnosis initially. Um, so you're taking x-rays and you're charting and now you're taking photos as well. A lot of the times we're trying to communicate with patients about Certain things that they're never going to see. You're talking about a, a crack or a leaking amalgam restoration on a on a one seven. To them, they're not feeling any pain. They can't see it. They don't see the the the, the benefit of treatment. When you show them the photo, they kind of understand at least what you're talking. About. So so that's that's one thing. Um, the other thing is is uh, obviously for legal reasons you're, you're taking photography for, you know, to protect yourself, etc. cetera, for, you know, orthodontic cases, etc. cetera. Um, communicating with the lab. So ideally the lab technician wants the patient sitting there and for them to build those restorations directly in the patient's mouth. But we know that that is impossible. So we need to give them the information in the most reliable way, way that is uh reflective of reality um so we're talking about good impressions of course but we're also talking about photos and and even video so even video of the patient smiling and talking and 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 laughing will help Um, but photos with the with the shade tab in place uh under the tooth in the same plane so the technician can get a feel for the for the shade and the And the color of the tooth Um, and the other thing is it's really for building your portfolio which i think is is very very important so so when we graduate we have uh, you know there's no cases under our belt we're slowly starting to take on cases it's very important that you have a portfolio of your work um for for many reasons one of them of course is you can, you can, of course, use this for marketing. You can show patients what is possible and you can educate patients on what is possible. And um, Patients are more likely to go ahead with treatment if you show them photos of, of treatment that you've done. Um, so, for example, if you if you were to go to a, an interior designer, how are you going to judge if they're good or not if you don't see photos of their work? Um, so... Like, it's, it's, you know, it's something that, as a a dentist, and especially as a a new grad dentist, I'd recommend taking as many photos as you can and building that portfolio. The other reason is self-improvement. Like, when you you look at your own photos of your work, nothing's going to teach you better than your own experiences. I mean, you can go to many courses, but we know that it's, it's actually our experiences that we learn from the most. And... And it's different when you take a photo and you put it up on that screen, like in your office, on your own, on the, on the big screen, to what it looks like in the mouth. It looks different. It might look fine in the mouth. And then when you load it up on the screen and you see that, oh, geez, there's a, there's a midline camp there. And it's very obvious. You can easily adjust that in the, in the next visit when the patient comes. Or you might actually go through your thought process and see why that happened and avoid it happening in the
0: future. Mm, yeah. I think um, I think I wrote down about ten different uses for photography there. So I just want to quickly summarize. We use it it's essentially a communication tool. We use it for diagnostics. We use it as a medico-legal record. We um, use it for lab communication, we use it to to um, critically analyze and assess our own work for the purpose of improvement. Uh, We use it to educate patients about their own um, dental conditions. We use it to educate patients about what other treatment is possible by producing samples of our own work, examples of our treatment. And of course, for a a more broader type of marketing, whether it be through social media or um, our websites, creating galleries, Um, of course, this is a lot of what we do is for aesthetic reasons and photography and more so videography is is one of the ways we display that. So I think um, when people graduate, when dentists graduate, they probably undervalue that. I certainly did. Um, And now um, we've had to get, I think, a, a third camera for our surgery because all of us are almost using it for every single appointment. Um, and we might take a hundred photos before we find the one that we'll use or the one that we always go back to as an example. But it's really, really important to build that that portfolio. So yeah, I, so you just really re re-emphasize that that for me. That's it.
1: Exactly. Um, so photography's Photography, is, uh, photography is, is you know is is used in every part of our our profession. It's twenty twenty one.
0: We're used to cloud-based software enhancing every aspect of our lives. But what about something we use every day, our dental practice management software? Imagine something rethought from the ground up, designed for intuitiveness, leveraging what's possible in today's technology. Something that optimizes our daily workflows and does what modern dentists need to stay competitive and connected. Principal practice management software is this, intelligent, efficient, and intuitive because it's 2021 and you can expect something more. Go to principal.dental to learn more.
1: Okay. So I've got a, I'm using a a Nikon D850, which is a full frame and I've got two dual flash um, mounted on a photometh bracket. So initially on a photomet bracket yeah so initially I was using uh, a Canon ring flash and Canon or Nikon are both fine there's, there's, there's no problems there um, as I started doing more aesthetic work I moved from the ring flash to the twin flash um, I find that with anterior especially with anterior aesthetic work using the, the dual flash is just a softer light reflection off the teeth the ring flash tends to saturate the surface of the teeth a little bit more so it tends to hide all the detail and initially when i started doing you know those anterior restorations i was spending hours putting all this texture and stuff in the tooth and the ring flash would just wash the whole thing off and you couldn't you can actually wash it out and you can't you can't actually see it but then when you when you when i started using the dual flash and you know with the photomet bracket it allows you to, to place it sort of away from the subject away from the lens um, the, the light's just a little bit softer.
0: So is there a really big difference between having the twin flashes on like the normal thing that it comes in versus the um, Photomed bracket?
1: Well, with the Photomed bracket, you can actually move the brackets. So you can actually move it a little bit further away or you can bring it closer. Um, you, you'll find that if you're taking posterior shots, for example, with the, with the dual flash, it's easier, it's it's better to bring it closer to the lens. It's oh, actually you quite mean hard like taking...
0: occlusal, occlusal yeah, focus exactly. off the mirror? Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So when you it's it's a lot easier to take occlusal shots and stuff like that with a ring flash. But if you're gonna have the one up and you wanna do like anterior and posterior and you're using the dual flash, then and, you know, taking the anterior shots is probably having the 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 flashes a little bit further out and then bringing it closer if you're taking those occlusal shots.
0: So where they're further out, this might be for your anterior retracted shots, say, for example.
1: That's right, yeah, or for the smile shots. So you can actually custom angle the light towards the, the patient's smile mm-hmm. and towards and if, the teeth.
0: And if the f- the flashes are further out, are the, is the light angled towards? the sensor or is it going straight? Yeah, so you're sort
1: of angling it 45 degrees towards the the subject and you can sort of experiment, you can have it going straight down, angling it further in Um, usually angling it sort of highlights those line angles and that kind of makes the photos look nice as well uh, and it emphasizes the, the texture and the detail and, and, and stuff that, you know, if it's a restoration that you've done or if it's something you're sending the lab so the lab can actually see all the detail. Um, obviously, communicating with the lab is, is, also, is also different if you're when, when, we're, when we're doing um, indirect work. But yeah, so it's softening that light. And then, and then I can sometimes attach to that something called a pocket bouncer, or even just some paper that works as a, as a diffuser that also softens the light so you don't get those really harsh reflections off the surface of the tooth.
0: Mm-hmm. This is just your A4 sheet of printed paper, yeah, cut a, and sticky taped over the... Yeah,
1: over that, the that's, that's literally I've I've tried different things. I've tried soft boxes and stuff like that that you mount on the flash uh, from eBay and stuff like that. The paper, your
0: A4 paper actually gives you the best result. Nice. From Love my that. experience,
1: yeah.
0: For those who are budget conscious, this is going to be amazing. Um, okay, so what about your settings on your camera? Typically, um, what are you using? So you're going through, say, a standard photo sequence set for someone who's interested in cosmetic work. I presume you start with your standing facial shots. Um, mm-hmm. Can you quickly walk us through your... Basic settings.
1: So one, so we, we're getting the settings of the of the camera sort of um, set up. And I we don't we don't change it much at all. Like we're only changing, we're only playing with the F-stop. And I'm only we're changing the F-stop if we're taking um, the small shot, the retracted shot, the closal, or portrait. That's what I'm modifying whether I'm making the F-stop lower or higher higher.
0: Do you have like two f-stop settings or three f-stop settings?
1: Uh, there's, usually, there's usually three. So most of them are around the 20, but every setting is different. So it depends on the lighting in the room. So let's say I'm taking the small shots. I usually have it at around 20. If I'm taking an occlusal shot, I'll probably drop it down to about 11. The portrait, I'll drop it down even more to about seven or eight. That's it, but that's based on the settings from my camera in my room with my with with the particular lighting that's in my room as well. Mm,
0: and I guess it depends on your distance and. Yeah,
1: that's right. The the rest, just for the purposes of keeping it simple, we don't change. So ISO, shutter speed, all that stuff is set up once. The flash and all that stuff I set it up once, and I don't touch it. I try not to.
0: ISO, do you remember what 100. that was? One hundred. One hundred. One hundred. Yeah. Love it. I don't remember. So f stop is variable and um,
1: shutter speeds about one over a hundred as well. You, you can, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I think um, if I have some free time tomorrow, I'm gonna maybe take a photo of my one of my dental assistants holding up on her hand the settings, like on a card, like this is when the f stop is this, this is when the um, shutter speed is that.
1: Yeah, that, that's actually that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did after the course. So after that course, we went to. That's what I did. I dental. I had my dental assistant. I think it was. I think it was Madeline, and we took many shots with different settings to try and establish exactly what worked best in our in, in our practice. And those happen to be the settings that worked. We don't change. Like I said, we don't we don't play around with too many settings or have two different cameras. It's just a one camera. Literally, all the settings are. You know the same. We just changed the episode.
0: Easy. I think that is a really, really practical advice that most of us can take away. And um, and finally, who have been your biggest uh, inspirations in terms of photography? Who has taught you the most, and where have you got most of this information?
1: Well, when I first when I first started seeing the you know the dentist on social media posting these incredible images of. You know, you see those close-up images of the lips with the lipstick and eating a kiwi. You
0: know, like, <laughs> that's,
1: that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. I, I probably still don't take, you know, photos like that, but that's what got me, at least that's sort of what you aspire to, uh, not necessarily take these kinds of photos, but it's to improve your photography in dentistry.
0: Mm. Um, and there's a very cool creative and artistic element to it at that oh, point. Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, well, I'm, I probably don't take too many photos like that, but most of, most of the photos that we're taking are, you know, the small shots and, and, and stuff like that. And it's just getting them looking as, as beautiful as you can, um, emphasizing as much detail as possible. Because you can add a lot of attachments to your camera and soft boxes and stuff like that, that actually can take away some of the detail or can wash it wash it out a
0: little bit not to um, mention uh disrupt the efficiency of your workflow um you know the more stuff you have to deal with and the more stuff your assistants have to learn um it can really kind of take away from the time you spend spending getting getting that that right i mean if we had to have soft boxes but then what about when they're lying back or a clue, like, you know, it's just more, it's just more stuff. So just to re-summarize, um, basically you hardly do, you pretty much do no editing except other than rotations and cropping and um, maybe if sometimes adjusting brightness settings, if that.
1: Yeah, look, if you, need to, if you need to adjust the brightness, you can do it on your phone. And then to get that before and after image, I actually just do it on, there are many apps that can do it on, on your phone as well. There's a layout app. Is that, that can, what you that use can do to you.
0: put your before and after shots together, the layout app?
1: That's, that is what I use. Yeah. So, and then this way, it's, it's really simple. I, the photos are taken. Uh, once I've picked the, the before and after that I like, it's emailed or Dropbox. It's on my phone or iPad. Takes me two minutes to generate the image
0: looks so and good and that way fantastic.
1: it's not it's not something and then, then the easier it is to 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 do uh the more images you can create the more you can post the more you can sort of uh, have in your portfolio as well
0: yeah amazing um i'm sure you've got some folders of your best way to show your patients that during these cosmetic consults so um yes i guess I guess that gives us some that already has is going to be changing a few things I certainly do at practice so thank you so much for sharing um your passion for photography and with all the cool little tips and tricks that you use to make it efficient and really really beautiful
1: no thank you no I mean I I definitely recommend getting a camera at least having some sort of camera um you starting off you know whether it's a it's a A ring flash or a dual flash but just start with a camera initially uh, and just try and take as many photos as you can thank you so much for listening to the dental headstart podcast i genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist So, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.